1: And here we go. This is our playoff preview edition of Jay Bird watching. Gentlemen, we have made it to the playoffs. I am your host this week, Mr. Adam Corsair. And joining me as always are my two co-hosts, Mr. Craig Borden and Mr. Brennan Pettacard. Gentlemen, it's playoff time.
2: Playoff time. <laughs> That's
3: crazy to think, man. It really is. Two claps in a Ric Flair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. It's That's the best did it forever. <laughs> it's the best. Did you guys see the video from the Vladdy Cam on the Twitter account today?
1: No. Oh, no. oh the the one that he had on his head when they said yeah, I had a it? GoPro. Yeah, I didn't and see. It was it. I saw him
2: practice and doing this and that, and then he actually really? had it on during that, and it was amazing. You know, and then he gives you know gives way to Charlie Montoya, and then he takes it back. <laughs> no, <laughs>
3: All, right. Right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, hey, it's uh. Whatever works. And that will stay. Like, remember, I think it was 2013 they did this, right? What was it called? It was called (laughs) something.
3: It was Lo Viste or whatever. Yes. Uh, Yes.
1: uh, And then in 15, they had the stir up the The pot. Yeah, stir up the pot. And now, two claps and a Ric Flair. How much does
2: the Caleb Joseph thing remind you of just Jason Grilly being the craziest human being in the bullpen?
3: Yeah. A little bit.
1: <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah. Except uh um, Caleb is, is a little more I don't want to let me use my words carefully here. He's a little bit more southern, I guess, because he's got like the dip in his mouth. He's like, yeah. <laughs> this? Yes! He's, he's more gibby, put it that way. He's
2: gibby, but he's not quite that guy from the water
1: boy. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right, so uh, the the stage is set, and the Blue Jays finished this shortened sixty game season in the eight seed uh, in this expanded expanded sorry playoff race with a record of thirty two and twenty eight, and they are set to travel down to the trop for a three game series against the Rays to kick off this playoff run. I am on record, and I think this is the title of the episode, that I am ready to end this hex. I'm tired of hearing House of Horrors. I'm tired of hearing that the Trop is cursed for the Blue Jays. I'm tired of all that. Let's end this hex. But before we get there, though, I want to touch on some notable areas of the regular season. I think it's important to sort of gather up some uh, portions of the regular season that can build confidence towards the playoff run. Uh, for both the Blue Jays and for us as fans. So we spoke at length about what the season meant to us on the previous episode and how there's a paradigm shift in management and when it comes to their pursuits for a playoff position. So we'll start here. Brendan, if you can summarize this shortened season in any way you want, you can bring up a specific moment. You can talk about what gives you confidence heading into the postseason, what gives you maybe some pessimism. doesn't matter. What is it to you? What offers you the best sense that the Blue Jays have a shot in this postseason run? It's a good question. Uh,
3: There's a lot that you can touch on, whether it's uh, the bullpen and how they performed uh, for the majority of this season. And look, they'll be rested uh, going into tomorrow. Uh, They, especially the key arms, didn't pitch very much against the Orioles uh, over the weekend, and they had today off as well. So they'll be rested and ready to go, and I'm expecting them to get back to similar levels to where they were. Uh, The outfield was a huge surprise. I know we've touched on that two episodes as the season wound down, but the fact that Teoscar Hernandez broke out. Randall Gritschick got hot this last week of this season. Now, maybe that was just playing Baltimore like he's done his entire career against the Orioles. Uh, but still, hey, what team is better to play for Randall Gritschick going into the playoffs to maybe find your groove and your stroke than Baltimore? Um, and Lourdes Gurriel had himself a very good season, too. It was quiet, I think, because Lourdes started slow, and then he came back uh, and just built and crept up and up and up to the point where he batted over three hundred. And I know that there's other batting metrics that we use now and batting average may be a little bit more watered down as a stat than it used to be, but hitting over 300 is still an accomplishment. So the fact that they have three outfielders that you f- can feel pretty good about uh, moving forward uh, into this playoff series uh, is good. And I pretty sure look it up, but Tioscar, from my memory, was pretty good against the Rays this year. and He's probably going to be the most important piece to hopefully beating them in this three games. Bullpen in the outfield definitely uh, is the key for this series to me, but it's also been the key the regular season.
1: What about you, Craig?
2: I'm just happy that Wilmer Font is definitely not going to be a part of this playoff roster. I don't know. <laughs> hey, that's not
3: confirmed yet.
2: He's <laughs> out right this afternoon. Does that mean he didn't even make the trip?
3: Oh yeah, I guess that's not awesome. no. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that's it. Sucks for him, but I'm not shocked by at by any means. They have nowhere to put him. You can't. You couldn't put him on this playoff roster but we'll get to that. I'm sure. But anyways, I'm just excited to see what the hell actually happens here, because this is completely something we didn't think was going to happen. And the fact that we got all these guys that Brendan had just alluded to that have stepped up really, really a lot this year, but we have another Jose Bautista in this lineup in Teoscar Hernandez. There's really no other way of saying it. I, I, dumbfounded by how much of a strive he's made since last season and we saw that little bit coming at the end of last season but this has been a freaking you know train wreck of moving through the american league as far as offense goes and he's just been wrecking, going through everybody it's not been little pieces here and there he's been really doing a solid job of anchoring the middle of our lineup and a lineup guys that without him right now it would look kind of punchless i really would be Wondering what the hell we would be doing right now without Teoscar Hernandez doing what he has done this season, and this is no short shortage to anybody else on this team. It's just, wow, there's really anything else. Like you said, batting 300 and you know everything. It's just crazy, and we're going to see, I think, the best of the Blue Jays to come, I think, during this series. I would be really shocked if they're not all playing like this is their dying day. You know, (laughs) it's just how they're going to go into it. And I think it's going to be crazy to watch. And I really think this is going to be a really competitive series, just like what we saw at the beginning of the season. It's one thing that beginning of the season we were playing them and nobody was really hitting their stride yet, you know, and every game was really close. What was the furthest game we lost? About three, four runs?
1: Am I wrong? I think four
2: to one in that one series.
3: There was one blowout where we blew them out, but I can't remember if they ever blew us out. I was did.
2: under the impression that we were in the ones we lost to them. They were all nail biters and nonsense of extra innings and base runners and bullshit.
3: I'm pulling <laughs> it up right now just to make sure. Yeah, I'm looking right now as well. So yeah, 4-1 we loss.
1: 12-4 we beat them. There was um, a 4-1 we... loss, 6-5. 12-4 we beat them August 14th.
2: Okay. Did you guys see my tweet earlier about, yeah, oh, great, we get to play the Rays. Does that mean the extra innings bullshit rule is gone and we can play some real baseball after? Uh, be, yeah. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> gone? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, thank you.
3: Yeah, it's regular, regular extra innings stuff. And I'm pretty sure should be. we lost twice on the ex- new extra innings or maybe even three yeah. times
2: to them on that. So we lost two to them, and we lost three overall, I believe. Right. To that bullshit. <laughs> Anyway, but that's my opinion.
1: Yeah, the uh, Craig, more to your point, I'm looking right now, just briefly uh, browsing through the the biggest deficit we lost to them by was a four to one game. You nailed it. Um, So that gives me a little bit of a sense of confidence. And, you know, moreover, to sort of uh, capitalize on the pieces that you mentioned, most notably being Teoscar Hernandez. um, I think you're right. I think he was a most uh, sorry, a very critical part of this team's success. Him and Ryu, you can sort of pinpoint right out of the bag as two prominent uh, focal points of this team. But for me, and again, it's no secret, it's no secret he's my favorite player on this team. It's no secret I bragged about his swing. It's no secret. But Caggio is someone that I think is not appreciated enough. I think when you look at the, the Blue Jays from start to finish, in terms of an offensive production and even defense, he has been the most consistent player on this team, bar none. Um, I can't remember a time where Kevin Biggio went into a notable slump where I'm thinking to myself, he needs to get out of this. He needs to break out. Sure, there were some times sort where of fell into a slight one, but it was never prolonged, and it was never anything that made me feel like, mm, maybe this guy doesn't have it. You know, when we were talking about Randall Graychuck, I remember in the beginning of the season, we were thinking, is this... And towards the end of the season, you see that this guy is sort of a streaky player, whereas Kevin Biggio has been very, very, very consistent. So I think having that on the team with the baseball IQ and the pedigree that comes along with that, carrying that into the postseason for him, I think it'd be an amazing learning experience. And for this team, having that sense of confidence and consistency, I think is key. Um, and moreover, having Bo Bichette back guess, absolutely critical. Um, trimming, trimming the fat on this team, not being on this team right now, um, Reese McGuire, not having a spot on this team, you know, trimming the fat on the bullpen, having people with solidified roles, I think is very important. Um, and I think the most critical part that I, I, we've touched on briefly, but over the weekend, it was sort of, uh, heightened a little bit more is Vladimir Guerrero's breakout right now. And, and he's hitting a hot streak. Exactly, when he needs to be hitting a hot streak, and if you want to have confidence that he had during the regular season, it was very apparent, right? You could see his body language, you could see the the expressions on his face were that of deflation. Um, you can call it, you know, his slump due to weight issues, whatnot. I really don't want to get into that. We covered that at length, but right now, the fact is, is that his confidence is starting to boom, and what better time to do it than in a dome? against Tampa Bay, right? If there's anywhere he's going to mash minus the right side of Yankee Stadium, it's in a (laughs) dome in Tampa Bay. And I think right now, having him being on this hot streak is vital to the team's success in this three-game playoff run.
2: Vladdy is a guy that can literally pick up an offense and carry it on his back single-handedly. We saw it in the minor leagues. Saw it plenty in this place. Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. Um. But then, I, I, to your point on the on the Biggio thing, I don't know if you guys have dove into his stats too much. And the what we now have is a pretty much an actual season sample size yeah. for him. He is 100 percent consistent. It is literally the same season twice. Yeah, and it's insane. The the walk, it, like if you extrapolated what he had out to the, the 100 games, you know, for this season, it would probably be like linear light on right on top of each other. It's kind of insane. <laughs> So, Mr. Consistency at the top of the batting order. I like what you said, Adam, as far as he's the only guy that really has had the same spot in the order the whole season. Even they danced around with Bo Bichette a couple of times. And Vladdy's been all over the place. Yeah. Tay Oscar's been – wasn't Tay Oscar batting like seventh when the season started? I think there he was,
1: was low in the order here. Yeah, there was one point
2: that he was eighth as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's something to say that Kevin Biggio has anchored that spot rather than the fact that they don't play him in the same spot. Two days in a row. But Vladdy getting hot. I told you guys a few weeks ago that the swing was close. I don't know he's differently all of a sudden, but the timing is there. And we might actually see him living up to the nickname that we've tagged on this freaking uh, podcast for about a year and a half now of Vladdy Vicious. We might finally see <laughs> Vladdy get vicious in the trot.
3: That'd be <laughs> huge. That would be huge. He's the kind of guy that can carry you to a series win in uh, a three gamer. Um, if he's hot, like look to your point about Cavan. there's one thing that he's done extremely consistent throughout his whole career, and that's take four four balls for a walk oh. on base. He's he's got an incredible eye at the plate. Um, there's still some stuff on him needing to improve on hitting the fastball a little bit, which he will work on. Uh, he's still young, but his eye is one of the best I've seen for somebody who's been a season and a half in the big leagues. Uh so when Vladdy does come up. If he's batting fourth or if he's batting fifth, then, you know, you get Kavan on, you get Bo on. The Blue Jays could have themselves an opportunity early in tomorrow's game to put up some runs pretty quickly uh, and make a comfortable uh, starter who we'll touch on later. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's uh, encouraging to see Vlad get hot. And, hey, who knows? Might even see Rowdy Telez in there uh, before long, too. A
1: little bit of that Gibson action, right? (laughs) Yeah, give me the Um, the Kirk Gibson all day, every day. Why not?
2: want to see him is coming
1: around the bases i feel like it'll be a little bit more animated than that anyways um you know we were talking about all these things that make us uh, optimistic and of course that i take anything away from those things um and where i'm shifting to certainly won't but we'd be sort of i or at least i would be remiss if i didn't mention the things that i'm sort of worried about when it comes to this playoff run especially this three game against the rays um our bullpen for lack of a better way to put it has been Back and forth, it's been sort of a roller coaster ride in the beginning of the season. They were very, very poor, we'll put it that way. I don't want to say unreliable because they had its bright spots in it, but in the middle, towards the end, they found a nice little groove. And it seemed like for the past, I don't know, maybe week or two, week and a half, they sort of fell back into that slump. Um, and I know this is largely due to injuries, I know this is largely due to expanded roles or different roles in the bullpen it hasn't really been solidified as much as you'd like it to but this is something that worries me going into this playoff run because again the margin for error is very 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 slim and you need to have arms that you can rely on in order to close out games or maintain leads um i do anticipate and again brendan you mentioned that we're going to talk about the starters later but i do anticipate that whoever starts whatever game They're going to go longer than what we've seen in the regular season, or at least I hope so, depending on how bad the score is. And let's knock on desk, it doesn't get bad at all. But Craig, do you have faith in this Blue Jays bullpen to sort of protect a lead or to keep the Jays in it if they're down a slight deficit of a run or two? Because this is the area of concern that I have most out of anywhere else in this Blue Jays team.
2: I think it looks really good for a three-game series. I really don't know what's going to happen if we get by the Rays. That is where my worry is. We're we're talking about guys for the next three days. You're going to be able to tap into Nate Pearson for a couple, inning here or there. You're going to have Robbie Ray. You're going to have a, a, a good collective group that is win or die. There's no other way of saying it. But then because of the whole bubble situation, everybody's going to be rested if we get by this round because they're giving everybody until, what, next Tuesday? Monday, I think Monday. Yeah. Okay, either way, that's the whole fucking yeah. weekend. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Friday. So, I'm not worried about them being able to regain those guys after they use them or use them to ex, you know exhaustion this week because they do get a decent break. I really think that if we can get solid in, at least five innings, I really think if we can get five six innings out of everybody in these games, that we're going to be completely fine. And I don't see that being an issue with the way Ryu has been throwing the ball and locating lately. Shoemaker looked good, even if it was abbreviated start. And well, I'm sure we'll touch on the whole thing here, but Walker was just insane during his outing. And I really can't say anything better about that, that three innings that he pitched of perfect baseball, really. Yeah. So, as far as it goes, I think we only get more reinforcements if we get Roback and everything like that too, that were, like you said, offsetting some of those roles at the end of the season, trying to fill in innings for those guys.
3: Yeah, it feels like Romano's kind of in a similar spot to Rowdy at this point where it could be at any point they could be activated. And I know over the weekend they showed or some of the Blue Jays guys showed videos of Romano throwing, and it looked like he was at 90 feet off of the mound. Um, I think that him and Vladi could potentially be activated for tomorrow. I'm just not so sure out of the two of them if I want to throw Romano back out there late in the game. So he is healthy. Um, he's coming in early. He's coming in in the sixth or the seventh inning. He's not coming in in the eighth or the ninth. Uh, if you go back and look at some of the guys down the stretch who have performed well, I'm 100% confident in Raphael Dolis right now. He's really hit his stride. I'm not worried about him. Uh, Ryan Baraki looks like he's found his groove again. Uh, he had a little bit of a mishap um, after his insanely dominant first month or so of the season. Uh, and then Nate Pearson is really a shot in the arm to the bullpen. Uh, as a guy who can go out there and air it out for an inning, maybe an inning, two innings uh, at max. The one guy who I am definitely concerned about going into the playoffs because he hasn't been as effective lately as Thomas Hatch, he's definitely showed some chinks on the armor. Uh, his last few, uh, few appearances, he has not looked nearly uh, as dominant. Uh, but again, uh, well, based on all those guys you just listed, you have Delise, you have uh, Bass, who I think has been fine. Uh, you have... Um, uh, Pearson, Pearson uh, yeah, Nate Pearson. Uh, there's three guys right there, and we've seen even the last few playoff runs 2015. You went Mark Lowe in the seventh, Brett Cecil in the eighth, and Roberto Asuna in the ninth, or Aaron Sanchez. So they only went four deep the last time in the playoffs, really. And Mark Lowe was kind of like, Well, if you have to come in in the sixth to clean it up and get it to Aaron Sanchez, uh, or Brett Cecil, go for it. But yeah, three or four deep, that's really all you need, especially in a three gamer.
1: You don't trust Yamaguchi, man.
3: Nope. <laughs> neither do I.
2: <laughs> I'd be shocked if he even makes the roster without uh, Zoik. So. Honestly, I really would.
1: Yeah. I mean, in all
2: reality, I would rather give the ball to, you know, they're similar pitchers. That's the whole idea between Yamaguchi and Zoik. They're they're ground ball guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah you're going to pick one of them. And right now I would go with a hot hand and I'm not saying that Yamaguchi ain't going to be good later or he might not be needed in this playoff series. But right now I would, like I said, I've seen all the good from Zoic. I would just go with him right now. if I had to choose between the two.
1: Same. All right. Um, I was going to say this to the end of the show, but I think we've pretty much cock teased it enough that we need to just get right into it. Uh, Let's talk about the starter issue because this has been, a hot topic here on, uh, on, blue Jays.
2: on the Twitter feeds already been begging us for it. So yeah. You, really do it. <laughs> um,
1: all right. So Brendan, I'm glad you brought this to my attention because I, I think like many other blue Jays fans was just under the, the assumption, the complete assumption that a Ryu is going to be starting, uh, for game one. Apparently that's no long, longer the case. Um, shoemaker is going to be making the game one start now on paper. It's Shoemaker game one, Ryu game two, and if needed Walker game three, Um, this is not what a lot of people was expecting myself included. Craig, I think you can say this and Brennan. I think to a certain degree, you weren't expecting this necessarily either, Um, but it's also my understanding that this is Ryu's request. Um, From my understanding, he works better on a day's rest or so he said, and he preferred to start game two. So, um, I, my initial gut reaction is what the fuck is Charlie doing? What, what's going on? And then listening to, uh, more information, reading more information, I sort of said, okay, well, this is out of Charlie's hands. What are you going to tell him? No, you have to pitch. Um, maybe you should, but <laughs> Brendan, <laughs> where, where do you stand on this? Because you offered a little bit of optimism and after thinking about it a little bit more, I was sort of getting there with you, but I'm still a little apprehensive. Talk me out the ledge, man. Talk me into why this is a good idea.
3: Yeah, I think the first thing that people need to realize or just step up back from the ledge a little bit is it's unconventional, that's for sure. And I think that's what's scaring people uh, is you're not throwing your best starter out in game one. Um, After Thursday's game, there's a time throwing over 100 pitches. It was the first... Actually, he threw exactly 100 pitches, but it was the first time he went seven. So he did say after the game uh, and Saturday uh, that he was sore. Uh, So... I just think it's them being extremely cautious. Now, there's some conflicting reports if he's asked for the day off or, if, uh, or the extra day's rest. Um, some people have said that he didn't. Uh, wh- whichever you believe, um, look, I think regardless of how you slice it, we've never seen a three-game series before in MLB playoff history. It's been lately one game wildcard and then a five-gamer. Uh, and no matter how you slice it and dice it, guys, you could win game one. And you have your best starter for game two to sweep the Rays. And that is your best chance to do that. Or if you lose tomorrow, you have your best starter to save your season and get it to your second best starter in game three. So I think no matter how you slice it and dice it, the Blue Jays are probably thinking, well, okay, he's sore. Let's give him the extra day's rest that he's performed really well. off of. But also, no matter how you break it down, if you win game one, you lose game one. Game two is the most important game of a three-game series because you could either win it in two or you save your season to go to a game three and trust luck into it. I like it personally. I know there's a lot of people who are kind of scared about it, um, and I think a lot of the arguments that you would make for starting Ryu in game one uh, versus not can be applied to why you start him for game two or why you don't start him for game two. I just think it also works well for the bullpen, and I don't want to ramble on too much, but... Let's just say tomorrow Shoemaker, because he's not stretched out, goes three or four innings. And then you have Robbie Ray to follow him. You flip the Rays around pretty quickly to throw them off. Or you got a righty who's actually way better against lefties than Taiwan Walker is. Those splits are undeniable. Walker's not good against lefties this year. You have that. Then you have the lefty coming in. And then you use your best bullpen arm. So if it's a close game, you can mix and match your way to a close one-run game, two-run game, and give yourself a chance to win that game with a bullpen day mixed in with Shoemaker starting uh, and Ray. The hope is, and this is where this could backfire, guys, if Ryu goes out there and throws a dud, then your bullpen's taxed for game two. And if you do happen to win, you're screwed for game three. But I think you're assuming bullpen game one is going to be huge. Ryu gives them the day off by going seven or eight in game two. If it goes to game three, your bullpen is rested again because most of them had uh, Wednesday off. So... That's why I've warmed up to it for sure. Yeah.
2: So I agree with everything you just said, Brendan, but my biggest worry about this whole thing is I could really give two shits on why Ryu is pitching the second game. If he wants to pitch the second game, they want him to pitch the second game. It's still a game that I'm probably going to win because I, he's going to be in that game, right? My issue is that the next best pitcher might not have a chance to actually pitch in this in this series. You're hoping and paying for the fact that he is going to get to the third game to be able to use Walker, or you're going to start the next series off with Walker. I don't like the idea just because if I'm going to be doing it, I would rather just start Walker the first game and get him out and go there because of that bullpen situation you were just alluding to. There is a chance that as slim as it is from what we've seen from Hinjin Ryu that he could come out and then the season is lost. There, There is that chance. I don't want to be that guy. I really don't think it's going to happen. But I just, for shitting giggles, because I didn't know what my record was on this, I pulled his playoff stats. and I'm not terribly impressed. So I don't know if you guys know, but he's got over four ERA in the playoffs while he's playing with the Dodgers. That could be, I know it's heavy loaded by having a short out back in 2013. But there was also one in 2018 where he gave up seven runs in in seven innings. So there is a recent history point here to why you should be throwing your best two guys in the first two games because game three is not guaranteed. Um,
1: All right. So I, that was my very initial reaction to this because I was under the assumption that Ryu would be one Walker would be two. Um, But I, I Brett, I mentioned this on Twitter to you, Brendan, and I think this makes a lot of sense. I think Game 3 Walker is just lip service. I don't think he's going to pitch Game 3. I think he's coming out of the pen regardless Game 2, period. I think he's going to have to. He has to. Yeah. He
2: any kind of a dud.
1: By- Even if it's not.
2: Exactly. Even if it's not, you're walking him out there, and then you're hoping to salvage the Game 3, right?
1: So you're, the, the goal tomorrow, obviously, is to win, and I yeah. think you're going to see Shoemaker and Ray tomorrow. I just thought, and honestly,
2: I, I'm actually pretty confident with the two of them too. I am I really that. do not think I the way I know that you know you guys seen it. Shoemaker's a gamer. I'm yes. really not worried about him taking the ball at all. That has nothing to do with where this argument, at least on my aspect goes. Mm-hmm. It's just right now, if you look at this team on paper, the best two pitchers are Gunjin Ryu and Taiwan Walker.
0: Yes. And if he was and...
2: starting game two, I would think <laughs> Walker's starting game one. And that just seems fishy and weird to me.
1: See, I think. You can piggyback off that philosophy of having your two best pitchers pitch in the same game, unless it's a blowout. Right, unless it's a blowout. Now, the goal tomorrow is to win. If you can somehow squeak out a win tomorrow, right? Let's say Shoemaker, as you mentioned, Brendan, can't go more than five. He's he's pitched top six this year. Six innings was his highest, and that's not... Pre-injury. Yeah, and no, didn't he pitch six against Boston, or is that still pre-injury? I can't remember. I feel I'm like that sure.
2: might have been four. Is I feel like it was, was it the before? first Red Sox series.
1: Okay. I think so. Um, so let's say he goes five, right? Let, let's say best case scenario goes five. You have Ray come out and pitch a solid three innings with a lead, even if it's a short lead. And that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for your bats starting to come alive. You have witnessed it. So let's hope that it happens in the dome. Mm-hmm. Um. And you have maybe Nate Pearson close out the game with his heat. Which, by the way, I think he hit 104. Was it in Buffalo? His, his
2: first five pitches were like 100.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was the <laughs> highest by a Blue Jays rookie pitcher ever in in club history. Um, but regardless, it's, like it's a Randy Johnson coming out. Yeah. Here. So if you can have him close out a game, and again, maybe it's not him, right? Maybe it is Dolez because he's been, you know, the closer for quite a little bit now, and he maybe he's comfortable in that, and he's very relaxed and poised. Regardless of the situation, you're looking to, to to escape game one. We know Ryu is has been a little rough the first time through the batting order, right? And I, I don't know. It's usually flipped. It's usually after the batters have seen him, but apparently for Ryu, it's the opposite. Um, it's Roy Holiday, man. You can't yeah. get to him in the first inning. You're not getting to him at all. <laughs> you're not. And Craig, you mentioned his playoff numbers may be a little suspect, but if he can cruise through this game, and we are up by a run, similar situation to what I outlined in game one and you have shut it down, that's game. That's game. And if even if you do lose tomorrow, and you follow that same philosophy in game two and have Walker, then you just got to trust your bullpen for game three. You have to. You don't trade for a Walker and a Ray and not use them. You don't. You don't save Walker for a theoretical Game 3. You don't. He. I bet my life on it he is pitching Game 2, period. He. he if Ryu is throwing a dud in 2-3 innings, he's coming in early, and he's shutting that shit down. I'm telling you, you're going to see him Game 2.
3: And look, if, if if Ray only goes 2 innings tomorrow after you make Ray can start Game 3. Uh, and to really? be honest, he really could. And I would not be surprised to see Robbie Ray used tomorrow. I would not be surprised if um, if Walker isn't used in game two, I would not be surprised to see Ray out of the bullpen in game two. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him in game three either. I know it's a lot for a starter, but he won't be throwing starters innings or be on starters pitch counts. He and Ryan Barucki, uh, could be the two biggest keys out of this bullpen. Look, I rays are very left lefty heavy. Um, and a lot of their best hitters are lefties. The only thing that scares me about that is they've actually been better against lefties than righties this year. They have the fourth best weighted runs created plus in the American League against lefties than against righties. So it's tough, but at the same time, I think in every situation in baseball, as a manager, you're looking for lefty versus lefty at the plate. So I do think the Jays have a bit of an advantage there. But no, I can see that for sure. Adam, I can, especially if they have a lead, just just end it there. Don't let the race in game three because... You go back and look at every series we've had with Tampa Bay this year. The Blue Jays have won game one. They did not win game two. And then that usually just opened up floodgates for either a really shitty ending to a game three uh, in a close epic somehow only at the Trot kind of loss. Hmm. So you win game two. You sweep them if you're winning tomorrow. And I could see them pulling out the stops. Now, do you do that? Do you pitch Walker game two if they are down? Oh one going into
1: game two. Depend if you lost game one. Mm-hmm. If you lost game one, you have to do everything you possibly can to win that game. You don't save him because it's it, you might not have it tomorrow. It's true. You, you loud, have
2: to win game one.
1: If they win-, win game one and you know Ryu is going seven and they're still up by a run, I'm still putting Walker in. Okay. I want that over. I want that done. I'm not relying on my bullpen with a one run lead. For a game winning series game, right? Yeah, at that point, we just you haven't. If you win this game in the series on Wednesday, you have until Monday yeah. to rest. You fucking put everybody out there, it's all hands on deck done. You put the boot on the throat. So if you're up by one run and Ryu goes seven strong, you put your next best pitcher, not your next best reliever, your next best pitcher right in, and that's Walker, and shut yeah. that shit down. That's what I want.
2: But on the flip of that, though, let's say you win game one, Ryu pitches great, and then you have a Wilmer Font level inning from somebody out of the bullpen, and now it becomes a blowout and it's all lopsided. You would be saving Walker for game three if the Tampa Bay Rays all of a sudden run away with the end of game two or something.
1: The goal is to only have two pitchers game two.
2: Okay.
1: I okay. mean, that, personally, regardless, like, it,
2: regardless. But yeah, I hear you on that. But what if you're getting dusted? All of a sudden, it'd be Ryu and then whoever the hell the other right, right sacrificial if, lamb would be. If <laughs>
1: if you win game one, you yeah,
2: that flexibility I think is the key, right? Yeah, I
1: think yeah. It, it. If it's if it's not close, game two, you don't use Walker because you know you're going to have a game three. But if yeah. you lose game one and game two is close, you throw Walker in. Yeah, I don't I care. I it. don't care. You right. you and that game and win it. You play right, to too. win, not to not lose.
3: And if you're only using two guys, then your bullpen's ready to go for for Thursday. And yeah. Hey, the bullpen's been a bright spot until the last few weeks of the season, so you got to trust them again.
2: This is where I think that we're going to be talking here that uh, Nate Pearson's critical cog in these first two games. Yes. I really, I yeah. really would not be shocked if something comes down to him just blowing people away for two innings.
0: You, you,
3: Nate Pearson in this series could be exactly how the Rays used David Price in 2008 out of the bullpen in the highest, yeah. highest of leverage situations possible. And David Price did the job. And we've seen the kind of career David Price has had. He come out and Pearson, Same thing. Yeah. He was unhittable, Dave Price, out of the bullpen. He's out there throwing upper 90s and nobody could catch up to it with a wipeout breaking ball. Nate Pearson has the exact same type of arsenal. David and I Craig. think
2: we've seen that. Yeah, I think we really have seen that. If you look at the Futures games and all the other shit that Nate Pearson's pitched in come in after the fact, he's been that guy.
0: No yeah, problem. Yeah. Just
2: let me throw a floor. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. And you see him just wipe through three guys without even lifting a finger. You know, and it's just, it's effortless the way he pitches. It just shocks me that somebody whipped the ball that hard and looks so easily doing it.
3: Yeah. So. No, it's crazy.
1: So I'm looking at the uh the history this year with the the Jays facing the Rays. Um this is in the tr- Saturday August 22nd. This is game 2 of a series and Ryu was pitching. Um he he pitched pretty well. He went five strong, only allowed three hits, one earned run, six strikeouts. Um and the and the Jays lost that 2 to 1. Thanks. Now imagine it, they so let me look at the box score real quick to see what it was well, even in the game f- one, it
2: was four runs, right?
1: Right, right. But and I'm it, saying four, he in was a, in clearly
2: a, having a problem located and He still held the raise to four runs. Right. I'm not expecting Ryu to get hurt. I'm
1: no, God, no, 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 no. At all. I really no, think
2: he's going to throw speed Ryu.
1: Right, right. But if if so, in this game, Jays were tied with, and the earn run happened in the fifth. Right. Oh, so well. he went four scoreless into the fifth. He gave up that run. It's tied one-one, and he was pulled. Now, if you're walking in Wednesday with your backs against the wall and you lose Tuesday, right, and it, this is a mirror score to, of 1-1 in the 5th, who do you want in? I want Walker.
3: Depending okay. on Ryu's count, Ryu will go upwards of 110, 115, maybe even 120 if he's cruising. Uh, I would do, but
1: yes. It, first Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and this yeah. Okay. this was this has ended in extras. This was only a two yeah. one game that the Rays won in in extra innings. Well, in the tenth. So at, at that point, my point is is that we're mirroring mirroring rather game twos, and Brendan. To your credit, you said that they haven't fared well against the Rays in games too, but Ryu fared pretty well in this game until the bullpen sort of blew it up. Yeah. And again, it's extra innings. Anything can happened, man on second. What are you gonna do? Um, my point is yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. So if depending on where you're at heading into the series, you you gotta try to win it. And that's why i'm I'm not again, I, I the reason why I laid the foundation of this conversation with you know, the optimism and the pessimism because I think the three of us agree that the bullpen is the biggest worry. it is. and if if your backs against the wall, are you trusting uh hatch to go in to to pit in game two in a must win game? No, you you throw your best bullets in the chamber. And your next best bullet is Walker. So, this is, I think, this whole game three, him starting, I think it's just lip service. I think that's gamesmanship to try to throw off the Rays for a potential game three and maybe think that they're not going to see him so they don't have to prepare for him. Grasping at straws, but I, honestly, I can't see why you would trade for someone that might not even be on your team next year and not use them. It doesn't make sense to me.
2: And I point out a fact, let's say you do use them all, and we are going that is do or die against the Rays. It wouldn't shock me. they pull the same thing and bring their guy in that was scheduled for that on game yeah. two as well. But it it could very easily be Thomas Hatch starting game three or somebody like him, or like you had mentioned, Brendan, that Robbie Ray gets that because he only throws an inning or two or whatever on Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really would not shock me that that's how it goes. And guys, I don't care right now what's going on too much with the Robbie Ray situation or the Thomas Hatch situation. Neither of those guys were with the team. And most of the guys that have been playing with the Rays all season have not seen Robbie Ray. Right. Just as, right. Much as They have not seen Thomas Hatch because he wasn't even with the damn ball club or even thought of to be with the ball club by then. Did they so see Walker? All- no. No, because he wasn't in the same idea. There you go. So, yeah. There is a lot. This is a different team that we are we are trucking out there and what we're seeing in the Rays, this they don't have the same thumb lineup they lost a couple of their key pitchers after glance you know they're, they're they're relying on their bullpen they need solid starts from snell and Glas now the next two days otherwise they're going to be in a really big pickle with their middle guys they need to get to them early and get them out into that bullpen as quick as possible you know, i agree you not to cut you off, Adam. Um, sure, no, no, that's, I, that's all I had. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, cut off, <laughs> um, the other, The other thing that I think people need to realize is the Blue Jays have actually fared pretty well against Blake Snell through Blake Snell's career. Um, and Tyler Glasnow, in my mind, is the tougher of the two to scratch some runs off of. Glasnow, in a matchup just against the Blue Jays, uh, frightens me much, much more than Blake Snell does. Blake Snell, after the first time through an order, starts to unravel a little bit. So you may see him lose the first little bit, and then he really takes a dip down the second and third time through the order. Um, It's been like that this season. It's been like that last season. And the Blue Jays have done well against Snell this year. I think they've won... Not against him, uh, but in the starts Snell has made, I'm pretty sure they've won two of them, that they've faced him. I know that he started that Monday game in the four-game series, the last game we played them, and we did beat them. Um, we threw 50 yeah, innings this year. Yeah, exactly. So now scares me more, and I would much rather have Hunjun Ryu going up against Tyler Glass now because that's the kind of game where you could be 1-1, 2-1, 2-2, whatever it is, into the sixth or seventh inning. Whereas I do think that they have a much better chance against Blake Snell tomorrow to put up a few runs, maybe third, fourth inning uh, as they get through the lineup a second or third time. That's just me how I feel. I know they Morton well in game three, but to exactly your point, I would not be surprised, or maybe it was Craig, would not be surprised if if the Rays have a lead that Charlie Morton is warming up. Both game three starters are sitting in the bullpen in game two uh to be there in case you call them i really do they have to be yeah
1: right and because depending on what the status of game one i don't think you see more if the gays win if the Jays, the, the jays win <laughs> game one uh i don't think you see them I, I i don't because i think they're confident in saying okay yeah you can have this game we'll win tomorrow just, the, it's a catch-22 right you're saying okay you just wasted all of your best pieces and we still have someone that we, yeah. re- we can trust for game three. Good luck. Beat them. Yeah, yeah. And, and and maybe that's what they do, and maybe that's the advantage that the Rays have over the Blue Jays because theoretically, once two Blue Jays chasing a win, I can see them be more inclined to putting all their bullets in the chamber to win game two if their back's against the wall in comparison to just sort of relying on their bullpen and spreading it out. Flip side, though, if the Jays do are able to capitalize on game one, which that'd be great if they could um and you know the rays are down or one or two or maybe it's a tie game then it's going to be a chess match right yeah. then you're gonna i think you do see more versus walker at that point and and it, give me that give me that kind of baseball all day i'll take it and then you ha- you both have well maybe it's just the jays primarily having a bullpen uh, game on on Wednesday, on thursday but for me, I think the Jays had to lose. I think the Jays are a lot more fragile in terms of their pitching compared to the Tampa Bay Rays. I do think the Jays and maybe this is a hot take. I think the Jays have a slight edge when it comes to offense, especially right now. I really do. I think that they if if they're on they're, they're I wouldn't say dangerous, but they're they're not a slouch team. Obviously the pitching is what our, is our biggest concern, so they need to use everything in their disposal to win this game. Whereas the Rays have sort of like an assembly line of players that they trust that they can use to stretch out three games. So the Jays have a lot more to lose and they're a lot more uh, fragile when it comes to this series. So I I think they're going to be aggressive and I think they're going to be far more aggressive to the Rays than the Rays in this entire series. And give me that all day. I want to see some aggressive baseball by the blue Jays.
2: Yeah. The Rays offense is boiled down to if they can get on base and steal them. It really has. I don't know if you guys have watched some of the stuff for them after the, you know, what would have been the mid mark of the season. But since we've seen them watching them play, all the other teams that I have watched them play, they are a completely different offense than what you would think of in traditional baseball. They are more small ball, move guys around, how you get this guy from here to there, and the Blue Jays have that ability to do that. Now that they have been getting that consistent, they're consistent hitting through up and through the lineup, right? And the fact that you are, you know, have the we have the Thunderback especially if we do have the Kirk Gibson and Roddy Telez after the fact. (laughs) So I would think that without Choi in this uh, lineup is one of the ones that they left off, right? I think
1: so. I I, I don't think he's on there. there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's a major piece of their, you know, their thunder in their lineup that is all of a sudden not there. I know he hasn't been exactly what he has been in previous years, but the the kid's crazy. um, On the Snell note, I pulled his uh, baseball reference stuffer on all his team opponents this season. The Blue Jays had the highest opponents batting average. Um, oh, sorry. Yep. Out of other any any other team other than the New York Mets for some reason. <laughs>
1: Remember when the Mets were sort of relevant for that day? Yeah. That day. <laughs> the Blue Jays had... Yeah. <laughs> Right. The Blue
2: Jays faced him two times, touched him up for a 4.67 ERA, so that equates to in math when I can find it here. <laughs> yeah. Either way, that show. Me. Oh, that was seven runs. No, two runs. That's really weird. I don't. Get it. <laughs> but Anyways, they batted 233 against him in those two games. All yeah. the other teams in Major League Baseball, like I said, couldn't even get up about 200 against the guy this season. So, to Brendan's note, there's some data that backs up the fact that the Blue Jays have hit him pretty this season and it actually tracks over the last four or five years including his Cy Young year which mm. I thought was more impressive so there's something to do against the Blue Jays that there is something wonky when he sees the blue that he gets it's not the pinstripes I guess mm. he has no fear of the Yankees I can see that right here on this paper the Blue Jays light him up for some reason
3: yeah I'm not scared of snow it's glass now who terrifies me more than him so I'm glad he is going against them it's uh Look, this topic we could it it could be an entire show over this topic. Like there's so many avenues and angles to take. The only other thing I'll get in there is you could follow. You could have decided to follow a similar route that you take tomorrow. Go Walker three, four, five innings, and then bring in Robbie Ray. Um, And I don't think people would have been upset because it is Taiwan Walker pitching. But all the other thing I'll say is Shoemaker has been better against lefties this year than he has, Mm. right? So this is a play to the matchup, uh, and Shoemaker might be the better of the two against the Rays. Tywin Walker's been the better pitcher for the entire year, and Shoemaker's been injured. But Shoemaker against the Rays themselves as an opponent might be the better fit, which is why they're going to go with him tomorrow.
1: Didn't Walker pitch Friday?
3: Yeah. He's
1: good to go. Like Five, yeah.
3: Walker's normal day arrest would have been Wednesday. Um, but he's, he's ready. That's why he could pitch on Wednesday because he only. Yeah.
1: I'm more and more convinced that we're going to see him before, depending on the score and depending on what happens in tomorrow's game. Um, but look, I. was that, that?
2: We didn't face Tyler last now this year. Oh, that's wow. a
3: scary possible. That, that's even more terrifying for me. Mm. <laughs> so you and want Last year we on.
2: played a whole bat. 0.05 batting average off them in the two games we got. Easy. You can see why you're scared. I was hoping to find data to reassure you and give you a nice warm blanket.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I guess in that regard, Sorry. you want your 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 ace there to go toe-to-toe with them. Um yeah, you know, this is look, I'd much rather be in this position as a fan than not having anything to argue about when it comes to postseason baseball. Right? I I think this is pretty important that you know we're in a position where it's it's we're the 8th seed, we're here and we're having a conversation as to who's going to start. I think it's incredible. I think, you know, it based on the chess match that Montoya wants to, you know, utilize and let's not forget. This is a guy that does have ties to tampa bay and i'm not saying that he has them all figured out he knows all the angles he probably doesn't that's a little I'm overstating the you know relevance of that but at the same time he might have just a little bit of an uh, of an idea as to how they function and what their sort of um game planned or or gamesmanship uh ideas are like so in that regard maybe we have a leg up but the bottom line is jays are in the A seed, where look, if we win this series, I've said this before, don't care what happens after this. The rest the league, no, <laughs> we can get swept in three after this. I'm oh. like, it's it great. Is, yes, it is the ultimate, yeah. just happy to be here kind of thing. It is the polar opposite of the Raptors because with the Raptors, I had championship aspirations for the Blue Jays. I'm just like, fuck, no one hey, saw this coming. <laughs>
3: they're playing with how funny they are. Just If you can win a series, that's like, all expectations yes. of this season, all of them, so we should be thrilled if that happens.
1: And so, you end the hex, yes,
3: yeah, and so. we're all in agreement the hex is over if you win this series. Absolutely. And I think everybody else on Jay's Twitter is there too.
2: Yeah, we've gotten rid of the goat curse, we've gotten rid of the uh, the curse of the bambino. If we get rid of, of this, <laughs> get rid yes. of everything. my only hope is that apparently Charlie Montoya went out for beers with Kevin Cash or whatever last night, or he had beers in the office or whatever at Tropicana Field. Nobody got him drunk enough to give him that one little tidbit.
1: <laughs> you know, Charlie's probably like, no, let me just show you this bongo solo real quick. Yeah. And then, no, <laughs> is he
2: slipped him four <laughs> or five tequila shots right before the bongos.
1: Hey, <laughs> hey did, you, did you know I play the bongos? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, Charlie, I'm trying to you know, tell me your game plan. No, no, man. You just got to listen to this. <laughs> I'll tell you bongo, after. <laughs> yeah. Bongo
2: hypnosis is a thing.
1: Yes. Kevin Cash was like, this is a terrible idea. Anyways, um, so we're in agreement that, you know, it's not the worst of ideas. And I will admit that my knee jerk reaction was what is happening? Because usually when you see this announcement, it's this is Montoyo trying to be cute. But then when you read between the lines and you, you if it's true, he was sort of pushing for this, then I can understand. Um, there is a philosophy out there that you say no, you're getting paid 20 million dollars, you pitch when I fucking tell you to pitch. Um, but I understand that you you want your players to be comfortable in this situation, you don't want to have any anxieties or whatever. Um, you risk it. And I'd be more pissed if Ryu was like, No, I need to pitch game three. Then I'd be like, What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know, there is um,
2: some uh, good data though that trends in that fact that him having that extra day rest actually does help them there is there is legitimate information there and maybe that's what they're
1: tapping into and if that's what it is i'm great sure sure um all right so let's let's move away from that and you know we're talking about how the blue jays um even though we did say if you listen to dig into the archives listen to the game one podcast uh three hours long or thereabouts it was the entire length of the game (laughs) we were talking with uh numerous guests and amongst ourselves that it is not unreasonable to think at that time, game one, that the Jays can make the postseason, And I believe that I wasn't just giving lip service to you guys and to the listeners about how we should be optimistic, optimistic about the season. Just given the landscape landscape of a shortened season, given how we knew the Red Sox were frauds, but no one else knew this apparently. Um, we did the one to one comparison.
2: Yeah, we were talking about that on Baseball Central today. I'm like, how did you notice? Right, they did the same thing. Apparently, before the season, apparently they thought Kevin Pillar was going to save the team. Yeah,
1: okay, <laughs> maybe for the for the first three weeks only. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it we're here, and it's for me. There's no turning back now. That we've seen this paradigm shift that I talked to you guys about last week about how the front office is now chasing a title and trying to build pieces and even acquiring rentals. To add to this core for this playoff push. Now, again, there's a good chance that Walker is not going to be on this team. I don't anticipate him being on this team. I don't anticipate VR being on this team. And quite frankly, that's fine with me. Um, But, um, you know, I I don't think there's any turning back now. So, Craig, what do you think? Do you think that we have seen the, the last of the X amount of years of control narrative? We're trying to build towards something. Or do you think this is the beginning of a push a legitimate push year after year for as long as this core is producing the way they are and let's not forget they're still developing they're not even close to their potential their ceiling uh do you think that this is going to be a new yearly trend where the front office is going to be aggressive at the trade deadline or the offseason and try to acquire talent to push towards a consistent contender
2: I heard an interesting tidbit that I think might actually, unfortunately be playing against the Toronto blue Jays come free agent market. And unfortunately, Brendan being the resident Canadian here and us being on the other side of the border, we have this wonderful, um, you know, closure thing going yeah. on. And I've been saying my, Oh, my friends are like, Oh, you guys played your last game in Buffalo. You don't have to worry about it. Um, I, I would don't be know. honestly shocked come next baseball season. If you know, after spring training, the blue Jays are allowed to migrate North like normal. I sadly think, with what's going on, that Buffalo is the Toronto Blue Jays' new home for the extended future. I really don't see an end in sight to it, especially with all the what I read in the Toronto newspapers and stuff this morning on Twitter. Um, I don't see the COVID thing calming down like it is in, uh, you know, Rhode
1: Island. <laughs> Not at all, dude. We had two hundred fifty cases over the weekend. Ooh. Oh, yep.
2: I didn't realize it bumped back up in your guys' area, uh, too. Labor Day We're was the motherfucker, dude. a motherfucker. Unfortunately, here in uh, Rochester, it hasn't been crazy. Um, but I, I do think that they had the, the full on reason. Hyunjin Ryu is the exact reason on how they can get people to Toronto. Mm-hmm. This team is young, it's exciting, it's proving to be that point. It's not looking like a, you know, ooh, the bubble popped or whatever at this point. This team is only going to get better with what we currently have. And coming in the minor leagues. This is a fifth best ranked minor league system in Major League Baseball as we see right now. And we didn't even get to see minor league baseball this year. That's just with adding the the, uh, Austin Martins and whatnot of the the world that are going to come in and hopefully do just as good as we think. Um, But this team has been doing great on hitting on prospects. So I don't see that part of this whole thing changing and other major league baseball teams are noticing that so come that trade deadline rental for the big push we can get a guy like david price there is plenty of stuff in the cover there is not anywhere yeah. n- any issue with them being able to get i don't think anybody they wanted all uh, except maybe mike trout <laughs> but <laughs> if you were talking about the braves all of a sudden tanked and they were dangling freddie freeman and you wanted him as your new first baseman I could see them being able to throw a prospects and some money at it and something like that will stick. I don't care what anybody says or, you know, prospect wealth is just as much as having as good money these days, as far as how they most teams are building a team. You're even seeing the Yankees do that. It's not just throw money at it and get good players at their major league level anymore. But because of that sustainability in our minor league system, I don't see the other part of your question, Adam, changing too much. I don't see them going to the point where they're going to just all of a sudden go for five rentals at a trade deadline. Hmm. I really think that they're going to be hedging their bets to find those guys, even if it is somebody like, let's say they wanted, I know he's hurt right now, but Austin Meadows from the race and they were dangling him out there. They're looking for somebody like him that would have two or three years attached to his contract still. Whether it's a big contract or not, I don't think will make a big difference anymore, though.
1: I hope so. Um, I, I hope that this team is aggressive in their pursuits because you're wasting talent. And that's not to say that they can't do it on their own. I think offensively, we're fine. Obviously, I think um, maybe another outfielder would serve this team well or a veteran catcher would yeah. serve this team well. But the priority is, is starting rotation and, and bullpen arms. But when it comes to the bullpen, I, over the years, I've learned that you just got to get someone that's catching fire at the right time. Yeah. Right, the, usually the big con, unless it, you're a master closer like Chapman right now or something, but uh, just a, a middle, uh, a mid relief kind of person, you just gotta it's lightning in a bottle. I feel PJ um, Ryan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry,
2: um, but uh, I think you're better off growing that guy, I really do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Romano's the pr- the blueprint right now. Remember when these teams were good guys? You know, we had the Billy Kochs of the Worlds. And, you mean they're you know, not now? And what, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Remember, you know, way back when, when we were winning World Series and not just, mm. you know, having this conversation how we're going to win round one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they they grew those guys in the bullpen. And I really think that's where you grow your guys starting rotation. We've seen it already right now. If that's where Nate Pearson's going to be right now, you're going to see what we could have from him with seeing major league at bats. It, we've seen it in the Blue Jays organization for years, all the way back to like Outlider and everybody back in the day. I really don't see that changing. But if they don't spend money on Taiwan or at least throw a crazy offer at them, I think they're waste, wasting an opportunity. You can get infinitely better by signing somebody like him come this offseason. What about you, Brent? Yeah, I uh,
3: I do think that signing free agents this offseason will be a problem uh, with COVID-19 because of exactly what Craig said. Personally, I'd be shocked if the Blue Jays are allowed to play in Toronto uh, yeah. come April, uh, whenever it is um, that the regular season starts. Um, although I don't necessarily think Buffalo will be their home. I do think that it will be Dunedin uh, with the renovations completed. You're in a full major league facility, like training wise, uh, not capacity wise, freshly renovations. And that's probably where they would have played if COVID wasn't so rampant in Florida right. at the time, um, I do think Buffalo will be on the table as a fallback. But who wants to play baseball in Buffalo in April and even into early May? I uh, think Florida out of that. If there's either a vaccine or COVID is on the way down, or hey, maybe it'll magically go away. Who knows? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <I> know, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I if they add. Uh, It'll be through trade. Um, But I agree with you, Craig. I would be throwing a nice three, maybe four-year offer at Taiwan Walker because he's been awesome since he's been here. Um, He can slot right in again next year as your two or three behind Ryu and Nate Pearson. Uh, And then that gives you two rotation spots to cover from a crap ton of guys that we've seen audition for it out of the bullpen this year like Ryan Barucki, Anthony Kay, Thomas Hatch, Julian Merriweather, the list goes on and on and on of who you can fill those last two spots with. But if you can pencil in Ryu, Walker, and Pearson going into next year's year as your three, I don't see any holes moving forward for this team. I see some soft spots that could use some reinforcements like catcher. There could be an upgrade behind the dish. There could be an upgrade in the outfield. Uh, and the bench is clearly in need of an upgrade too, and VR has not been that. Uh, like they had hoped. So yeah, I think we've learned this year that they're pretty much set moving forward. They just need to reinforce some of those leaky parts of the vessel. Uh, and I do think that come next year, I don't think there'll be any necessarily major additions in the off season. I think it will be, hey, play well, be around 500, be within a few games of a playoff spot, just like you were in 2020. And we will add because you guys deserve it. And then from then on, that's when your chips are entirely pushed in. And I think it'll be another active deadline in 2021. If this team is similar to what they were here.
2: Man, I love it. I love exciting I point out that? the fact that you made the ship joke again. <laughs>
1: hey, <laughs> it's, it's applicable.
2: <laughs> Shea Hill and brand. <here>. Yeah. Sure.
1: <laughs> Look, uh, so Walker just turned 28. Right. And I think uh, like any Toronto blue Jay, uh to be in order to join the team or to be uh you know sort of courted to play for toronto you have to give a little extra um we are and i'm guilty of it too we sort of examine things in the immediate term right we're talking about maybe a three four year deal for walker if the jays do extend it um and next year we're saying there's a possibility or even a probability that they play that's great for next year, but then if we sign them to a four-year deal, which again, if you want to keep them, it's going to have to be an overpay. There's three more years in Toronto, right? And I'm—I don't think that's a bad thing. But as an athlete, you're like, yo, you need to make it worth it if you want me to yeah. spend three more years across the border and have to deal with customs or whatnot. No, people have gone on record to say it's not even a big deal. Josh Donaldson, is even, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's not a big deal. Um, but that being said, are we comfortable with them? Maybe pushing for a four-year deal for Walker. I don't know that I want that. I, I know there's the 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 familiarity is sort of attractive, but I don't know what are, what are we thinking for a price if it's going to be a four-year deal? Because I'm not I'm not paying him twenty million dollars a year. No, 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 no. Neither would I. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'd see. go like four fifty. Yeah, That's bad. yeah. Maybe I three bad. with the fourth-year option. Yeah,
3: I can see that. Three fifty or three forty-five. Yeah, eight, fifteen per year, and if you need to escalate it uh as an incentive, maybe that option year does escalate to twenty if you hit your incentives uh to push it, push the needle a little bit. Do I resign him? No, I think he's yeah. would be pretty attractive to people in free agent market. Um, I think he's going back to Seattle. I, I I wouldn't be surprised. It
2: wouldn't shock me. Yeah, yeah.
3: they do need arms. <laughs>
2: My biggest thing is I think he's gotten into these guys and I think he likes the environment the Blue Jays young talent has, you know, shown. And I really think he thinks he could win here right now. And that's a big thing right there. I think he if, if he is, you know, he's 28.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, This is going to be the only big contract he signs. Exactly. He's going to want to be somewhere he can win. Does he want to go through the same crap he's been going through with Seattle the last few years? Yeah, what they're the not winning. Was it 2001? Yeah, the last year the freaking uh, Mariners made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all I, just, I also remember is John Olerud was on that team. Yeah, <laughs> their drought is getting close
3: to Blue Jays ninety four to twenty fifteen level.
2: Yeah, they don't have a Rod or Ken Griffey or Ichiro anymore. You know, <laughs> this is how it is. All the moons align properly in that one. But I just think that if he wants to sign a big deal, it's going to be for somebody that's a contender. I that would be the reason I'm shocked that he goes back to Seattle.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, time will tell. I hope that the the Jays are aggressive. I love trade deadline drama, and it again, oh. we if you want to dig in the archives, listeners, and talk about what we, I mean, listen to what we talked about when it comes to the trade deadline. It was really cool to be acquiring players rather than trying to sell off assets for future. Um, but I digress. All right, we let's get.
2: Y'all, Kirk.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> let's get into the meat and potatoes. This is going to be. We're gonna set it in stone. We're gonna put it here. We're going to give our predictions. Um, This is for this three-game series against the Rays. Before uh, you guys give yours, I I do want to shout out Connor Chambers for yesterday. uh, You too, Craig. um, Watching the Bills game yesterday, and I was convinced they were going to lose the game. And I I was texting Connor. I was like, that's game. That's game. He's like, have faith, man. They're going to win this game. Have faith. They're going to win this game. (laughs) Connor comes out and saying, I don't see the Rays to be that much of a problem. This is in private conversation between him and I. Um, I don't think they're going to be a problem. They got this in three. So I'm trust. I told Connor since the bills won, I said, I will never doubt you or question you again. <laughs> so there you have it. I'm saying Jason three. What would say? Ye? Go okay. For I'm going
2: to go up here. Cause I got to go with the bills bullshit that I told him. Yeah. <laughs> I <said beforehand. laughs> so I told him when uh, the bills had a, the weirdest fucking interception in football history, I think yesterday. And it was a bills wish. It was our tight end, right?
1: It was uh Croft, yeah.
2: It was Croft. So he pushed off on the um the corner to offensive pass interference. It as he's coming? It, oh, I agree with that part. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> that is not my point. But the fact that the Croft is coming down with the football, and then the other guy just goes, Oh bear hug to the ball. After After he hit the ground control of the damn ball. (laughs) And they called it an interception from the guy just grabbing it after the fact and rolling into a hug with the guy on the ground. Mm -hmm. It's not fucking basketball where it's a jump ball to the other team for whatever the hell reason. (gasps) That was a, at a minimum play was dead because of the pass interference call. It was a PI. Yeah. Period. There was no turnover. That should happen. I texted Mr. Corsair right when that happened. I said, they are going to lose this game because of that fucking bullshit play.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Craig, then Connor texts me and says, no, we got this. So then I text you. I said, no, we got this. <laughs> I'm just regurgitating what Connor told me.
2: <laughs> I agreed. And then um, after the, funny enough, the flip reversal bullshit call on the end of the game, Bills were fourth down in what, 10 at that
1: point? Yeah. No, I think they're, are we talking about the pass to Beasley or the pass interference to end it?
2: the pass interference the well the supposed pass interference that you know
1: the uh, thing that wasn't really I think it was fourth and 12 okay either way yeah. game
2: over flag yes <laughs> and i said i i think i texted you and I'm like there's there's no way we're going to lose that now they gave us a second chance yes and that yeah. happened so but i've been saying as far as the blue jays series goes, this is going to be something equally as screwed up because there's just every time we go to the trap there's going to be something weird that happens this will be a three game series. And it, because it, the, the bullshit can't be contained in two. It's no. just really what I think it can be. I really don't see how this can ever be a two game series against the uh, Rays because there will be something weird that happens each game. There always is. Yeah. I don't care if it's Josh Donaldson diving 10 rows deep or just the weird extra inning nonsense that we've dealt with this year in the trop and it's just crazy there will be reason to give us a nail biter i think they're all three games they're going to be a pitcher's duel where we're going to be in the four runs ballpark of each game for each team very casually separated this will be a nail biter i think through and through but jason yeah
0: there it is (laughs)
3: Uh, I will play off the Bills thing as well because this had a very direct effect on the 49ers position in the NFC West and the NFC as a whole. Uh, thank you, Bills, for beating the Los Angeles Rams yesterday. And I will say thank you to the Detroit Lions for taking down Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Mm. And Richard Burfer, if you happen to be listening, tell your Cowboys to get their shit together because they could have had all three NFC West rivals lose but the Seahawks. Of fantasy yeah.
2: football team, though. Just yeah, so. <laughs> oh, there you go. God, sorry, Craig. I don't care about your fantasy football team. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody does. After oh. this week, I won 196 to 127. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> God. Wow. That's, uh, that's huge. <laughs> uh,
3: but here we go. Um, I have a feeling they're going to win tomorrow. Um, and if you do win tomorrow, you have to end it into you have to sweep them don't give the rays a third chance to win if the jays win the series in my mind they're best positioned to do so by sweeping them i don't like their chances if they go to three games so my heart is telling me that by some miracle the jays will sweep the rays but if it goes three i can't say that they'll win a three game series because that's just too many opportunities for bullshit to happen at the drop too much opportunities for the house of Horrors to come back and affect us. And I don't know about you guys, but I'll I'll probably be turning off my phone tomorrow uh, just to be distraction free and have anybody just bother me. I'll just be locked into the TV screen. There will be nothing that sets me if there's one of those stupid fucking home runs that go off of the catwalk.
0: Yes. If happens oh.
3: in a key moment, I will throw something off my balcony. That's why it's <laughs> not heavy, like an empty water bottle or something, but there will be some objects flying around in my condo if something like that happens. <laughs> and I can see that happening. I can, because that's yes. just typical Tropicana field crap that always seems to happen. So end it in two if you're the Blue Jays. Sweep them, move on, go to the bubble in San Diego. If it goes three... I don't personally don't like their chances and that's more so if I'm laying money down that the Rays would win it in three, but I think the Jays best path is sweeping them. I really do
1: have faith, man. Have faith.
0: I I'll think i a heart attack, man.
1: <laughs> I feel you. Um, so if, if the Jays do win this, which I think that they at least can, I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for Tampa Bay. Um, that leaves one of Cleveland or New York. Who do we want? Yankees. We want the Yankees.
3: Oh, yeah. I want nothing to do with Shane Bieber or Zach <laughs> or Carlos Carrasco. That's why I didn't want to play Cleveland on Sunday. And I'm glad that they did not beat Baltimore because I am terrified of the Indians pitching
2: staff. Their starting pitchers.
1: Agreed. You agree, Craig? Uh,
2: the, my biggest you don't thing have to do my... with... The yes. Cleveland offense doesn't scare me. That's no,
3: that's it. That's it. it. right.
2: So sure. I think it comes down to being about the same level of the Rays series with the the uh, Indians. I really do. Where I don't really want to fa- face a what has been a turning around Yankee lineup, and then have to face freaking Debbie Garcia again because apparently we can't hit him. It, it could be, <laughs> he might as well be Shane Bieber according to the Blue Jays. Just saying. <laughs> but it's slightly nuts. I right now I. I'm leaning toward I'd like to face the offense of the Indians versus the Mm. offense of the Yankees. And I think outside of Shane Beaver, the pitching is on par with what I would see from New York, I think. Sure. So right now I know what I'm going to get from a New York series, and it's going to be we're going to get blown out one game, we're going to blow them out one game, and then we're going to beat the living fuck out of each other for the third game Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and back and forth. And there will be no end in sight. It will go all games of that series if we play New York.
1: I like it. Uh, I'd rather face New York as well. And Craig, given that these are nationally televised, you want to deal with the uh, the Yes Network announcers. So Yes Network um, is
2: completely toast. Michael K even tweeted out to the universe yesterday, and I'm like, oh my god, he said <laughs> something that was actually right.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> he is taken down. <laughs> is he a Jets fan?
2: I hope not. Oh, actually, if he is, I hope I, I never had to hear it in New York here anyway. Oh, yeah. I hope he's a Giants
1: fan. I really. Oh, <laughs> what what's worse though? i'd rather be a giants fan because at least you have saquon
3: yeah i think i would too But dummy, but <laughs> i mean
1: yeah half 49ers roster all of them were
3: backups
1: i know they
3: 36 to 9
1: they're tanking for uh trev bro <laughs> hey. daniel jones is not it no and neither is sam Darnold. Is that's not. that's what it. i'm saying yeah all right um <laughs> so uh do you guys want to do picks
2: to click I think we should. Yeah. Okay. what's What was last week? We're going to do pregame or games.
1: All right. What do we so got for we last got? week?
2: Okay. We'll do we'll do game by game picks to
1: click. Yes. yes. We All did right.
2: one actually last game. So we're going to call it. No, we were
1: saving, it for, today. saving oh, it, for, right. it
2: for today. That's what it was. Well, I'm pretty sure I lost with AJ Call, So I'm just going to cross. <laughs> that off. Well, hold on. I Craig. You, I was trying not to hex anybody. Because the week before that, I was fucking everything up. Well, hold on. So we be we that
1: Brennan won regular season.
2: Right now he will flat out wholeheartedly win the regular season. Where do you want to keep the stack? We're starting going? over.
1: We're starting over for yeah. postseason.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Everybody's O and low. Regardless of the fact that you Adam had Lourdes, who was basically a player of the week again, that still does not save him because Brendan would have won four to three. And sadly I was shut Ooh. out for the short ah. season, sixty game season, because right. even our guest spot had a win with a with uh Bobby picking uh, that's true. Think he actually Anthony. picked, his, he picked his brother,
1: yeah. yeah. All right, so, so it starts over. over <laughs> it starts over. Everyone's zero zero. Uh, Brendan, what say
3: you? Uh, the pitching got me the win. Um, I am gonna go. Oh, this
2: is That's tough. The one game.
3: No, I know, I know. <laughs> it, it, this is this is why it's tough. I'm not just not sure how much he would be used. I, I I'm in, I'm inclined to go Robbie Ray, and I think I'll lock that in. I really do think he's gonna have a huge role tomorrow um shoemaker goes three robbie ray goes two or three and you get into the sixth inning and it's close maybe you're winning uh by a run or two uh that's more than doing your job uh as shoemaker and robbie ray you're giving your team a chance to win and you're handing it over to the bullpen ray is the bridge guy from shoemaker to the bullpen and we've seen in spurts this year in two or three inning spurts ray can be nearly unhittable uh and if he brings that tomorrow uh, I like their chances, and that's why I think they can squeeze out a win tomorrow, and Robbie Ray is my pick to click. All right.
1: Craig? I'm
2: going to be that guy and ride Vladdy.
1: Okay. Good idea.
2: <laughs> I'm <laughs> going for bad Vladdy. All
1: right. Um, I'm going to go a little unconventional. What I wanted to piss Shoemaker. I do think the fact that Kirk caught Shoemaker was a sign. I'm going I, the king. I'm going king. Woo! I think I think he plays. I think he's they haven't seen him. And this kid is how can you not be more confident than oh, you are right man. now? I know, right? And try
2: like, right man. I, I it would really it shock me if he isn't DH tomorrow anyway.
1: That's what I'm saying. It or really, pinch so hit or something. I, regardless oh. if
2: he's not I I was thinking that he was gonna be Pat Borders. Mm. I really was thinking that he was going to be like 92 Pat Borders. That season, Pat Borders was eh, good enough, but as soon as that playoff thing clicked, man, he rode that all the way to a World Series MVP. He was lights out. I really think Kirk has that same kind of bat potential that he could just ride and go nuts. In a dome. Or a catcher. I really think right now, with the Blue Jays' state of their lineup, his bat is too important to leave out of the lineup. And I Agreed. think you do solidify him as the DH, even if that means you have to have Caleb Joseph as your third catcher for the series. I really think with a 28 man roster, why not? Yeah. yeah. It is, it's three games. And if it doesn't work out, you can change it up before the next series. I really think right now, King Kirk's weight, you know, bat, like you were testifying here too. is worth its weight in King Solomon's gold.
1: Yes. yes. Dude. Think about it. Think about the balls it takes for a manager to say, hey, dude, that's only played a ball. Uh, yeah. You're our starting catcher for yeah. a pivotal game one. Um, and I do think that there was a reason why he caught Shoemaker. I really do. I think they, they've they had this planned. I don't think this was just sprung up on, yeah, Ryu said to them yesterday, oh, by the way, um, yep. I, I don't feel comfortable pitch. I think this has been, in, this is a, a very prudent organization that talks about things well in advance and they plan for shit. So I, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm, I'm going the King and you know, I, I, I just, I hope, I hope so. Look, game one. All right, we're here. And I so am for this playoffs. Since 2020 gave us anything good. It's that the Blue Jays are going to the postseason. And yeah. this is the first year that all three of my favorite teams play at a playoff game in the same year. It's never happened before. Wow. So it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, before we head out, bigger surprise. Brewers making the postseason or the Blue Jays making the postseason? For me, it's the Brewers. They Blue like Brewers. snuck in.
3: Yeah, yeah, being under 500, that takes the cake.
1: What is that? I yeah,
2: the season, though. I'm not calling that. They should have made the postseason. Yeah. you I, Alan, I, The Blue Jays, to me, are a bigger surprise. Nobody had us written in on this dance. And yeah. Everybody assumed that Christian Yelich was going to ride the Brewers right to the playoffs.
1: Right.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: man, he has been rough.
3: 29 of 30 writers from the Athletic, or was it ESPN? ESPN took the Rays. One writer took the Jays. It was Marley Rivera, so shout out for Marley Rivera. <laughs> All right. She knows good. She knows.
1: Okay. okay. Well, having said that, this has been your uh, series preview. Uh, we will be coming at you post-game tomorrow, if you're if you're watching us, rather, on the Twitter stream. Um, if you haven't been able to do that and you're listening on the podcast stream, first of all, we thank you for listening. Um, if you'd like to watch the post-game show, win or lose tomorrow after game one, we invite you to do so. Just go to Twitter and go to our Twitter feed. It's GC um just watch us banter hopefully it's a victory hopefully we're celebrating um and you you can put your have your input heard on the show what you thought about the game what you think uh they should do for game two and moreover if you want to hit us up and talk to us about the starting rotation what you think about it have shoemaker starting is it a good idea we'd love to hear from you so hit us up on twitter also if you're listening to us on good you can be
2: like the cool 156 kids that listen tonight
1: just yeah yeah You can be one more, 157. Um, If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review. It helps us out a bunch. Five stars would be great. Even if you don't want to give us five stars, five stars would be great. Um, Leave us a review. It doesn't matter if that's positive or negative. It really doesn't matter because all we care about is the five stars and that's what Apple cares about. Uh, (laughs) Google Podcasts, please subscribe to us there. Spotify, we're on all your major podcatchers. Whatever you listen to, we are on that platform. Um, And we thank you for uh, listening. And guys, Game one vibes. Let's finish it with the let's go. Blue Jays.
2: The Flair. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Let's Blue go Jays! Blue Jays.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day,